Today, we're talking about a very important topic, cutaneous wound healing. This article dives into the mechanisms behind how our skin repairs itself after injury or illness. It's a fascinating process that involves many different factors, and understanding it can help us improve wound care and treatment. The primary function of our skin is to act as a protective barrier against the environment. When large portions of the skin are damaged, it can lead to major disability or even death. In the United States alone, over 1.25 million people have burns every year, and 6.5 million have chronic skin ulcers caused by pressure, venous stasis, or diabetes mellitus. The main goals of wound treatment are rapid wound closure and a functional and aesthetically pleasing scar. Recent advances in cellular and molecular biology have greatly expanded our understanding of the biological processes involved in wound repair and tissue regeneration, leading to improvements in wound care. The article breaks down wound healing into three phases inflammation, tissue formation, and tissue remodeling. These phases overlap in time and involve various mediators, blood cells, extracellular matrix, and parenchymal cells. Let's start with the inflammation phase. When tissue is injured, blood vessels are disrupted and blood constituents extravasate, causing a blood clot to form. Platelets play a role in not only forming the clot, but also secreting growth factors that attract and activate macrophages and fibroblasts. Inflammation also involves the recruitment of inflammatory leukocytes, such as neutrophils, to the site of injury. These cells help clean the wounded area of foreign particles and bacteria before being removed from the site. As inflammation subsides, the tissue formation phase begins. New stroma, known as granulation tissue, invades the wound space. Macrophages, fibroblasts, and blood vessels move into the wound, contributing to the formation of granulation tissue. Growth factors, such as platelet-derived growth factor and transforming growth factor, play a crucial role in stimulating fibroblasts to proliferate and produce new extracellular matrix. This matrix provides a scaffold for cell migration and supports selling growth. Finally, tissue remodeling occurs as the wound transitions from granulation tissue to scar tissue. Wound contraction takes place as myofibroblasts, a type of fibroblast, interact with the extracellular matrix and collagen bundles. Collagen remodeling also occurs during this phase, leading to the formation of larger collagen bundles and an increase in intermolecular cross-links. The article also discusses abnormal wound healing conditions, such as diabetic ulcers and fibroproliferative disorders like colloids and hypertrophic scars. These conditions involve multiple physiological and biochemical defects that impair the healing process. Clinical experience with growth factors and other mediators to accelerate wound healing has been somewhat discouraging so far. Wound repair is a complex process with many factors at play, so finding the right combination of growth factors and timing may be key to improving their effectiveness. The article also mentions insights from fetal wound healing, which repithelializes rapidly without scarring. Fetal wounds have lower levels of scar-promoting cytokines like transforming growth factor 1, and they're rich in metalloproteinases that promote scarless healing. In terms of clinical implications, it's important to start with conservative wound care methods first. This includes using standard wound dressings, addressing underlying problems like hyperglycemia, and controlling infection. More extensive wounds may require the use of skin substitutes or cultured epidermal cell grafts. Overall, understanding the intricacies of cutaneous wound healing can help us improve wound care and treatment outcomes. It's a fascinating field of study that continues to evolve, and we look forward to seeing advancements in the future. That's it for today. 